Hello and welcome to the Total Entertainment Podcast with me, Paul Collis. And today we're going to be taking a look at the Wombats on tour at Cardiff Arena. It's relatively a small show. It's three trucks and two tour buses. Currently you have all the bars still at working height. So it's just approaching 1pm. So really, really good. Well, so it's still pretty early in the day where it comes to rigging up this show. You have four lighting bars on stage and you also have one front of house bar as well, which is which they're all currently working on. Currently they've got all of the line arrays up and they're one wide and and 12 deep. You've also got a line array a little bit further back and 45 degrees coming out give this around sound effect. You also have eight subs along the front of the stage and they're putting front fills on top of the subs as well. It's a standing gig and they've also got some of the seating out at the back of the arena just by the mixer and the mixing position is quite large which is partially mojoed and the rest is double skinned bike rack. They've also got the side screens rigged up ready to go and they are all uh, projecting nicely as we speak. They've all been focused, ready to go. And these screens are rear projected, not front projected. So it will look a little bit swisher when when the lights go down. Currently just hanging lights on these lighting bars. So there's plenty more to go. And once I know more, I shall let you know. We'll be back after this. So not only does Master X Media have a series of podcasts, but we also have a series of books. The first book is actually two books. It's volume one and volume two of a tribute to working at sea. The best fiction is based on truth. This is a compilation of short stories, rants and poems loosely based on the author's experience at working on a cruise ship. Some of these stories are based on actual events but highly exaggerated, whilst other stories are pure fiction. The title of the book A Tribute To is fitting with the tone of the book because, like a tribute act, it is a blatant altered reality where you can enjoy it knowing it's not quite the truth. There are things of alcoholism which used to be highly prevalent within workers in the cruise industry as well as stories with a sexual nature. So sit down, relax and enjoy the ride of A Tribute to Working at Sea Volumes 1 and 2. All of these books are available on Amazon and are available in paperback and on Kindle and the links for all of these books are in the description below. The Wombats are an English indie rock band formed in Liverpool in 2003. Since its inception, the band's lineup has consisted of Matthew Murphy on lead vocals, guitar, and keyboard, Todd Overland Gunston on bass, backing vocals, and keyboards, and Dan Haggis on drums, backing vocals, and keyboards. The band is signed to 14th Floor Records and Bright Antenna. They have sold over 1 million albums worldwide. The group met while they were students at Liverpool Institute for Performing Arts and released several EPs before their 2006 album Girls, Boys and Marsupials, which was released only in Japan. 
Their debut studio album, A Guide to Love, Loss and Desperation, was released in 2007 and featured some tracks first released for girls, boys and marsupials. After releasing another EP in 2008 and touring for three years, the band released their second album, The Modern Glitch, in 2011. They released their third album, Glitterbug, in 2015 and their fourth, Beautiful People Will Ruin Your Life, in February 2018. Their fifth album, Fix Yourself, Not The World, was released in January 2022 and reached number one position in the UK albums charts on the week of release. So they've got a string of awards. So in 2008, for the NME Awards, they were nominated for Best New Band, Best Dance Floor Thriller, and Best Track and Best Album. And they won the Best Dance Floor Filler. Let's Dance to Joy Division. But they didn't get anything else in that same award for the, uh, for the Anime Awards. They also were nominated in the XFM New Music Awards for Best Album, but didn't win. And in and they also were nominated in the MTV Music Europe Music Awards for Best UK and Ireland Act, but didn't win that either. And in two in 2022, they were nominated for APRA Music Awards of 2022. For the most performed dance electronic work category, and their nominated song is Nothing to Do About Love, which is currently yet pending results. I've only heard one of their songs that I would recognise. Let's Dance to Joy Division. As the day goes on, I will recognise some more of their hits, but because I'm not a Wombats fan, I wouldn't be able to pick out the songs that I know from their song title. Let's take a look at their supports. A tribute to men that hate their jobs is a brutal but witty portrayal of working a job you hate. In this podcast there are themes explored in which happy workers simply wouldn't understand unless they listen to these cautionary tales from a man that lost his ideal job because of the global pandemic. Be warned that this podcast contains strong offensive language that some listeners may not want to hear. In addition, this podcast is definitely not recommended for younger audiences. The links for this is in the description below. And we're back. So, support in the Wombats is Sports Team. Sports Team is an English alternative rock band based in London. The band consists of lead vocalist Alex Rice, rhythm guitarist and vocalist Bob Nags, lead guitarist Henry Young, bassist Ollie Judenley, drummer Al Greenwood, and keyboardist. Ben Mack. According to The Guardian, their songs romanticise Middle England and idiosyncrasies like Weatherspoons, Flip Phones, The M5 and Fishing. The group met while studying at the University of Cambridge, aside from Judesney, who studied at the University of Bristol. The band performed in their early days at the Portland Arms pub in the north of Cambridge. The band members continued to work their day jobs until they became better known. Harry Young was a sports reporter for CNN. Wow. Their debut EP, Winter Nest, was released in January 2018 on Nice One Records, and their sophomore EP, Keep Walking, was released in 2019. The debut album, Deep Down Happy, was released on the 5th of June 2020 on Island Records and Bright Antenna Records. 
The lead single, Here's the Thing, was released on the 17th of February 2020. The album received 4 out of 5 stars from NME and was nominated for the Mercury Prize in 2020. After releasing their debut EP, Winternet, the band performed a show in September 2018 at Scala in London, which the band's lyricist Nags described as when the group started being a band nearly every single day. Following the Scala show, the band went on to play at both Electric Ballroom, loved that place, and O2 Forum Kentish Town, yet again another venue that I loved, in 2019 with sell-out shows. The band's preference for surprise shows at venues like the Nags Head in Camberwell led to DIY describing the shows, harking back to the heady days of the Libertines. The band have been described as holding unusual engagements with their fans from their annual trip to Margate by coach. The band have been described as holding unusual engagements with their fans from their annual trips to Margate by coach, where fans, bands and boots and booze collide for unscripted antics and for talk, and for taking whole venues to the pub with them after a show. However, this has been balanced with media commentary on the band's Cambridge educations at a time when bands like Idols and the Fontaine's DC have pushed working class lyrics. Alex Rice notably drew criticism for declaring in The Guardian that HMLTD were for were one of the worst bands ever, in part due to the fact their members go to goldsmiths. Clash stated in 2019 that sports team can't quite shake off their entitlement. Sounds like something a bit salty there if you ask me. Here's their uh, discography. They've got the uh, albums Deep Down Happy and Gulp. Their EPs are Winter Nets and Keep Walking. And their singles are Stanton, Beverly Rose, Kutcher, Margate, M5, Here It Comes Again, Fishing, The Races, Here's The Thing, Camel Crew, Happy God's Own Country, and R Entertainment. So, a nice change of pace for uh, a kind of band like this. <laughs> it's funny how uh, some publishers turned around and told them about their privilege or whatnot. Yeah. Okay, it's a bit very left-wing that, but at the end of the day, they're a band and they have fans, and you can't go wrong with that. You really can't. We'll be back after this. The name's Vert, Percival Reginald Vert, and I run the PR Vert Detective Agency. The year is 2055, and the police have been defunded. So if you need a police investigation, the police will charge you a thousand big ones a day. Because of this, the government introduced the PI Act, where the private investigators can undercut the police so justice can become affordable. These are my case files. Percival Vert is no hero. He is a low-life scumbag and the full embodiment of how not to be a man. He cheats his way into getting work, he objectifies women and is quite a disgusting human being, if you can even call him that. Gumshoe is intended to poke fun at everyone that takes life too seriously and directly towel whips the modern day Puritans in the balls because they've forgotten the fact that when something isn't funny in real life, it's probably hilarious in the land of fiction. Come and listen to Gumshoe every Wednesday. The links are in the description below. And we're back. So, we're all pretty much ready to go. 
Let's uh, talk about more about what we've got on stage. Um, you have a lot of moving lights that are LEDs and they're LED uh, wash lights. And you've got the LED light curtains, which are looking pretty impressive because they spent the money on these ones, which have a lot of punch. Although they won't have subtle colours, they'll just be stark colours. So it's a trade-off. Do you want power or do you want or do you want colour quality? That's it's a rock and roll gig, so you don't want you don't want colour quality. You want the power punches that it does. You've also got a load of LEDs, LED strips that are on booms, which which like like floods or even strobes, depending on how they've been programmed, because now they are pretty universal. And you've got some uh, booms that are stage left and stage right with moving light heads on there. One uh, one set downstage, one set mid stage, and one stage uh, one set upstage. They have some pyro. They have a they have one bar that is dedicated to pyro, and it's cascade waterfalls. And they've and there's thirty of these uh, cascade waterfalls, and it's gonna get really smoky when they use it. Also, they have some very special bubble machines. So these bubble machines. They are connected to a smoke machine. As smoke is released into the stream of bubble fluid, the uh, bubbles absorb the smoke and hey presto, you've got smoke filled bubbles, which is a very interesting effect. It's going to get very sticky and messy and slippery. And yeah, it will have a very nice slippery effect. Also, there's an update on the front of house lighting bar. It's not actually a lighting bar. It's a confetti drop. You got four giant barrels that are uh, queued to drop confetti at one point in the show. I'd assume towards the end, either the last song prior to encore or the uh, last song of the encore. I don't know which at the moment. So it's going to be pretty, pretty interesting. And as they're flashing through all the uh, lighting effects, it's looking pretty interesting as well. Very bright and colourful. And it's very much in your face. I'm looking forward to this on the show now. We'll be back after this. If you're a singer, a musician, a cabaret artist, dancer, actor, and you want to promote your show or promote yourself, and you want to have a conversation, you could do this by coming on our show. The email address to contact me is masterxmedia1983 at gmail.com and come on our show. And we're back. Now this part of the recording is now Easter Monday and the actual show was on the Saturday of Easter. So that's why I'm outside a little bit out of breath because I've just walked up a hill. <laughs> Anyways, I digress. So, sports team. Sports team's intro was Fatboy Slim's Praise You. The house lights faded down at the start and by the chorus they had taken their positions. The logo appeared on the side screens and it just stayed static as the logo. There was no video interactions and there was no vision mixing from the cameras. It was just their logo throughout. Now lighting wise, they had static lighting with colour changes for each song. So they're backlit 
from LX3's lights, the LED wash units, and they had a little bit of face light from LX1. So nothing, nothing spectacular, but it was enough. It was that kind of gig where they didn't need anything big. They didn't need elaborate lighting designs. They were there to play and by God did they play. And I'll get onto that performance in a moment. But first I want to talk about the sound issues that they had. Now it was very unfortunate that the sound engineer started off real bass heavy. So the first two songs you could barely hear the uh, lead, you could barely hear the lead vocals from the band. And also it drowned out the uh, higher frequencies, which was a pain. But fortunately, after a bit of tweaking, you managed to get control of this. It's one of those things, sometimes I suppose it might, they might have overcompensated for being in the arena and sound checking to an empty room. Because here lies the problem, people absorb noise. So what you probably did was, from the last venue, he probably had to boost the uh, lower levels and he recorded the settings from on his desk. When they were sound checking, it was fine because there weren't people absorbing sound. But when sports team started, the arena was relatively full, so he uh, probably overcompensated for the bottom end, judging by the amount of people who were in here. And there he got his, his uh, sound issues. But as I said, he managed to fix them pretty quickly. It took a couple of songs for him to get it, but that's how it goes, because uh, in a rehearsal, you'd have the same thing. So you'll start the rehearsal and it'll sound like a shed. And then by the end of the second song, the sound engineer would have calibrated for that, that particular room and uh, it would sound perfect. And that's exactly what happened with sports team at the Motorpoint Arena supporting the Wombats. He just took a little bit of time to get the sound going to the best of his ability. And yeah, it was a very good mix once uh, he managed to wrestle the bass out of the uh, sound mix. Now getting back to how sports team had their set, wow, full of energy. See, I was away at sea for their heyday. So I didn't know much about sports team. I recognized one song and that's probably because it came on the ship's radio, which was basically a CD that they uh, did a data dump. And that was basically uh, sent onto the ship on a data dump and, up and updated the uh, entertainment systems. So that's probably how I heard their song. But for me, I was completely out of that loop. And I actually feel like I robbed myself because they were really, really good. The lead singer was full of energy and stage presence. And when I say stage presence, I mean he was part of that stage he was visible he was singing he was dancing around and he was he just had the attitude of yeah yeah i'm a star and you and you enjoy this and it came across that in that way because everyone in that arena enjoyed this it's been a long time since i've seen the support command circle pits from the get-go it works really really well now one thing that I thought was really great, on the fourth song, the sports team frontman, 
he gestured to the crowd to part. And they parted like Moses parted the uh, Red Sea. And I've used this analogy a few times, but this works really, really well. And sports team, they had people filming sections of the show for either a music video or for a YouTube channel or various other things. But they had a cameraman with a camera on a long boom. And if you don't know what a boom is, it's basically a stick. <laughs> and he was in the pit. He lowered the camera on the, pit, on the stick into the area that was cleared by the audience and on command. It was a non-verbal command. It was on a gesture. He waved his hand. The band started and everyone in that cleared area just clashed together and moshed hard. And I suppose that camera footage would have looked absolutely sick. And I really do wish I could actually get a, a copy of that because that would look incredibly, incredibly sick. And I love sickness like that. <laughs> Also the band, they had a lot of proper interactions. They enjoyed themselves being on that stage to the next level, I mean, to the next level. It's like taking people away from something that they love for two years because of the pandemic. They've just come back with absolute vengeance. And I don't blame them because if I could, I would as well. But I just can't play guitar and I can't sing. As some of you might have listened to me when I've done some vocals here and there on this podcast. <laughs> and how did the audience like him? Well, I think a lot of the audience were there purely for sports fans and not the Wombats. Because when sports team, when they started, the arena was relatively full. I believe it totaled out about 75% full. For a support band that is really really good and uh, by the end of their set everyone was in so it goes to show that people wanted to really really be there for the support the audience every song every song got a massive round of applause massive cheers lots of singing lot a lot lots of singing along lots of dancing and moshing and jumping up and down a lot of audience interactions on the, for example, the uh, command of uh, doing the uh, mosh. That was brilliant. It's brilliant. And I do wish that I get to see a sports team as a headline act because if they were like this as a support, you know, full of beans, full pelt, fully there in full capacity for their fans and for themselves, which is just as important, then imagine what they'll be like on their own tour. And I guarantee you, they'll turn up to Spinal Tap 11. We'll be back after this. 30 Years Since is a sci-fi story podcast, which is full of dramatical moments and a bit of gratuitous violence. The first series was originally done in first person. So, it the characters just telling a monologue and then the second series and onwards became more third person so it was more of an in-depth story and uh, you have all the characters actually interacting with each other great set of sci-fi stories so 30 years after an alien invasion 
which uh, the humans lost and the first story arc is now over though we've got plenty more story arcs left to tell from the land of 30 years since so why not check it out the links are in the description below and we're back so at the top of the wombat set the house lights went down to the overture of Heya by Outcast, and it's not often that you actually get an overture to a song with some, with another band's song but this worked well so the house lights went down Heya was on and the uh, LED floods were on along with the mole phases so just lighting up the audience with a nice glow and then as Heya finished the mole, the mole phases and the LED strobes went to black and then this is the uh, damnation of the mobile phones because <laughs> what happened was everyone st stuck their mobile phones on with their torches and it ruined the illusion of the band appearing from the darkness as they're coming on which was a shame really and it killed off the start of their, uh, well, it killed off their uh, dark entrance. But that's life. It didn't affect the performance of the Wombats one bit. It was just more of an artistic thing which kind of got stolen. Anyways, the lights came up and the band started. Lighting-wise, the kit they had was basic. Yeah, basic LED uh, moving light washers with their uh, LED light curtains and the side light in LED pars along with the LED floods which also can be used as strobes they didn't have too much of it but yet again this was like another example a really really good example of it's not what you have but how you use it because the lighting designer knew exactly what he was doing and he made the most out of his lighting rig and it really gets me why people would go to the trouble of spending a lot of money and not knowing how to use that equipment that they got surely you'd like to think that they would practice a little bit or get someone to actually program the show that knows how to use the units in the ways that they want and you didn't get any of that with this lighting engineer because he knew exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly all the limitations of the equipment on his rig. And he made a lot of visual impact with his lights. It was a visually stunning show. Not only did you have the intricate movements between the moving lights, you also had the movement interactions from type of fixture to type of fixture. And on top of that, so on top of the various different shapes that you'd be get, that he was generating with his lights, he also had a real eye for colour. I mean, a serious eye for colour. Pastels. You know, it's an indie indie rock show. So it's a softer rock show. So it's not going full pelt. You know, flash and trash. It wasn't needed. He didn't want to keep it static like it was uh, a end of the 80s early 90s uh, rock show no there was a lot of movement in there a lot of design focus on what he did and the colors 
every color that he used complemented each other so on top of the patterns and shapes that he was generating you also had a nice constant fade of color which looked really visually stunning it was a work of art every song was done incredibly well and one song i'm going to give you a good example of this actually so on the song everything i love there were the washers the led washers were pink the led light curtains were red the side wash light congo blue the led profiles at the back of the stage were amber and the LED strobe and strobe floods were at yellow which yet again is a very intricate way of uh, complementing each colour and also another design effect that I uh, haven't really mentioned just yet was the height of the lighting bars so LX1 was right up high and they were raked downwards and when i say raked downwards the next one was at lower level and the one before uh, the one after that was a lower level so the foot the back bar was uh, just about drummer head height when he's on his right drum riser so by doing that you also get different beam throws from similar type units on the different lighting bars which adds into another dimension to the lighting effects that he went to so it was a visual visually stunning piece of art which I said already, but wow, that, that intricacy from a design point of view, the man is a genius. Whoever designed that should pat himself on the back. He did such a good job. And on top of that, it's the programming. On top of the artistic vision, he programmed that show immensely well. Although I did feel sorry for him when I noticed uh, that one of the stage left AD light curtains, well, it had a tilt malfunction. So when all the, uh, all the rest of the uh, groups were facing down or facing out to the audience, this one unit was constantly shining in the roof, which unfortunately there's not much you can do about it during the show. You could try and reset the unit and if it works, it works. If not, then it's going to be a proper motor issue and there's nothing you can do unless you park it out, which then would leave a gap in the lighting design, which it would have done anyways. So uh, you're caught between a rock and a hard place and if you're operating in the way that I think he was operating then his hands are constantly moving and, and it's just something that he accepted to lose. Which personally I would have done as well if my uh, hands are constantly moving and operating to that show. Sound wise the mix was solid with a return of the 22 carat clarity from the start such a high level of uh, sound operation on that show and I'm not sure if it's the same sound operator as the support but it was all balanced out it sounded perfect you could hear all the intricacies between the different instruments and vocals and it was there you could hear absolutely everything without struggling so well done to that sound engineer Although there was a bit, of, a slight bit of feedback when he had the lead singer pick up his microphone on the microphone stand, hold it in the air with his arms stretched out to the max, and he was on tiptoes, and it kind of crossed into a audio hotspot, which caused a little bit of feedback. But that's not on the sound engineer. To be honest, not really on the uh, on the performer either. <laughs> it's just one of those things. You. When you're doing an effect like that for uh, for the crowd, 
he, he was saluting the crowd when he did that and sometimes you get it right by doing that in the right place sometimes you don't and sometimes it's just on the fly and I kind of think that was on the fly in the moment and it wasn't to be expected but the feedback was knocked right out as soon as it was it appeared which goes to show the level of the high level of uh, the sound of the sound engineer and I liked it I really did like it now how were the band what can I say vocally they were strong I mean uh, solid vocals but musically high skill level on the guitars on the drums on the keys and stage presence definitely had an 11 up there they definitely turned it to 11 as well high impact high energy oozing with charisma and stage presence and that's exactly what you want to see when you when you go to see a show like that you're paying for a solid band and that's what they got the wombats had a really really good set and you just couldn't fault it the noise wasn't overpowering it was a good sound and everyone in that building that night had a really really good time so yeah it was a very very good value for money show especially if uh, you're not really into the wombats and not and you don't know much about them you'd enjoy that show and if you were actually a fan wow you were given a show worthy of uh, remembering it was a really really good performance very tight a very tight band indeed and that's exactly the kind of thing that you want to see when you're paying money to go and see a live show a live band and yeah it was so it was actually a really fun show to watch and uh, that it was a very fun show to watch and listen it really it really was definitely one of the highest ranked shows that I would uh, say for the year so far purely for the fact that the entertainment value was was amazing they highly they were as entertainers this band were amazing and so was their support if you've enjoyed today's podcast please hit like subscribe and share and if you haven't already done so why not check out more of our content on our website which is www.musterxmedia.info and i shall catch you next time bye for now mm -hmm.